0: Welcome everybody to Monday Night Raw. I am your host, Dirty Dog McMahon, with the Beverly Booger.
1: Oh, oh, Mr. Darcy, I need some pizzas and some hot dogs and everything to go.
0: Oh, we'll get some food sent out to you later. Let's talk about what's coming on on this episode of Monday Night Raw. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard, Street, Minnesota... You've downloaded name, event, status, radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, Kino210, and the Dirty Todd Dirty. So, I don't know, one thing I liked about this this early editions of Raw was, I don't know, with this episode, for for episode 51, how there was a nice little video package, you know, with IRS and 123Kid from the week before, building up with how the kid stole IRS's briefcase because
1: IRS stole Razor Moan's necklace. <laughs> yeah, Razor's gold in the briefcase. I thought... Um, for one, that the kid's limp was about the most unconvincing thing I've ever seen. Did you, did you see him try to, like, drag his leg? Yeah, that, be, like you. <laughs>
0: that made me laugh. Like, oh, okay, kid. I, I also, you know, he's representing Minnesota just as we are, and I hope our limp isn't as bad as
1: his. <laughs> then we got the first of... of Several of the, my favorite McMahonism, which is, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Vince. I'm sad I didn't write any, any of them down. <laughs> These, this early Vince is just ridiculous, but I love the, ah, oh, yeah. I, I love the ridiculous Vince with, what a maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, he's got him. no. <laughs> so, yeah, so then we we get the announcement that we're going to have Jannetty versus the Tax Man Cometh tonight on, on raw. That should be the um, that should be the title of episode 51 Tax Man Cometh. The Tax Man Cometh. I think that's a good I think that's a good one too. Um, yeah, so then they kick it to our host. So who is who is hosting tonight? Well, before you, we before we talk about the host of the night. Okay. I love
0: this early raw theme song intro video package. <laughs> <What> <laughs> I, I, ju- I just love that you know whenever WWE does a classic old school raws now I'm happy they
1: use that theme song and
0: modernize that video package.
1: <laughs> well, it's good stuff. Lots of shadows. It's it's very shadow based. Well, good stuff like this podcast.
0: Oh, heck yeah, man! But hopefully, we have a video, better video package, and no shadows.
1: Yes, sure.
0: But yeah, the host is Mr. McMahon as Vinnie Mac, or I think what uh, Shawn Michaels once called him, the Vin Mac.
1: Oh, lots of Vin Man.
0: And then also the Bastion Booger. Yeah. What would you think about Bastion Booger on this episode?
1: I it I thought that he brought this episode down for me, to be honest. I I would 100% agree with you. Cause I just thought to at the beginning. Uh, did you catch all that fart-based humor that he that he threw out? I,
0: I didn't catch it just because when he started to talk... His voice was not what not what I imagined.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. That's why I threw that out at the beginning there because I thought that was just crazy. No, so we we're gonna get the one of the debuts, if not the first debut of one Thurman Plug later, and uh, Booger decides to throw out. Oh, I got some extra gas too, man! <laughs> that, and I'm that, about to blast off.
0: That that makes me laugh. <laughs> I know that, I do love the humor from back back in 93, 94, 95. <laughs>
1: rods. <laughs> it's a lot different than what you'd see a couple years later. I'd say that much. You no, know, kind of you know, like I said earlier in the show
0: with uh, you know, early raws like this to current rods and all that. I do like how uh, like you know this episode that we watched, episode 51. That in, in the in the beginning, you know, the announcers went through what who we're going to see in the night. Mm-hmm. And at yeah, of, at the end of the show, they're going to discuss who we're going to see the following following week.
1: And that's so much different than what we'd see in like the attitude era, the, cr- the crash area era, where just they want you to stay the whole time, and they're going to throw everything at you. Where this one, they're basically like, "Yeah, turn away, come back whenever you want."
0: Yeah, which is also, you know, also pre-WCW Monday Nitro before the ratings really mattered hmm
1: Yeah, definitely. 100%.
0: So we might as well go into the first match of the night, which is the Smoking Guns. Bing, Bang <laughs> Versus
1: <laughs> Reno Riggins and Barry Horowitz. What do you think about Barry Horowitz and Reno Riggins uh, um, pre-match get-up that they are wearing? I love
0: Barry Horowitz's... Uh, <sighs> Jack suit jacket with a super long on uh,
1: coattails. <laughs> so much sequins going on. Reno Reagan's got this pink and neon green. It's got, <laughs> uh, it's got polka dots. It's got stripes. It's got everything. It, it Well, yeah, I, I didn't take any notes about Reno, which I'm happy you did. But I do remember
0: Barry Horowitz's jacket. It kind of reminded me of a cheap knockoff uh, jacket of Ric Flair's.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like they forgot the bottom half.
0: So, you know, like Flair said what, his role cost him, like what, ten thousand dollars? I guess Barry, Barry, Barry's cost maybe five hundred bucks.
1: I I think it probably cost about two fifty. So
0: that's probably why it wasn't wasn't as good. Yes. Um yes, yeah, so what did you think about this match? I, I gave it well, I don't know if you I, I don't know if you did this, but no, For for me I kinda like to rate my matches. Okay, I, go ahead on Dave Meltzer's five star ratings.
1: Sure. I gave this match a fourth star. Oh, only a quarter star. Yes. Yeah, I, I guess I would say higher than that. I mean, it definitely was just a squash. It was a. What, what, how, what would you rate it? Oh, uh, maybe a star and a half. Okay, well, major <laughs> major... I candidate. know, it's, it's not like it's a five-star match by any means, but um, I really thought that Reno Riggins and Barry Horowitz were by far the, the best jobbers on this show tonight, yeah, and there are a few. This is a squash-heavy show, and I think they're... Um, Well, if you look, they're the most seasoned, definitely the most veteran of it. And I thought they actually kind of, to be honest, kind of carried this match.
0: This may sound weird for my observation about Billy and Bart, but to me, they look extremely older in 94 with their mullets and their mustaches compared to later on in the year.
1: Yeah, you can't see, but I'm definitely shaking my head, uh, or uh, nodding my head. Billy looks 10 years older than he does now. Well, yeah, this, that yeah this was tw- twenty years ago too. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, definitely, I, I would a hundred percent agree with you on that one. Did my favorite spot from this was actually when, um, what happened? Barry whipped in one of the guns, and they. Uh, reversed it and he gave this huge back body drop to Reno. Did you catch that uh-huh. one? Yeah, that, that, that holy well, crap! And <laughs> I,
0: I turned and I saw him, whip, you know, whip the one of the guns and I uh-huh. tur- turned my head for my, a moment, turned back. That I saw him back up his own
1: own partner. Like, what was like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, but he that was one of the best back body drops I've seen in a long time. Gosh, he really whipped him over. I was uh, fearing for Reno's uh, safety on that one. That was like my favorite spot of the match.
0: Well, if we wa- if we continue watching future 1994 Roswell, see if Reno makes another appearance.
1: Yeah, Reno with the dice on his drawers
0: there. Uh, I was wondering what what was on his ba- on the backside of his trunks, <laughs> and I didn't like him sta- staring at it.
1: <laughs> I think his thing is that he's from Vegas. I makes think that's sense. the that's the deal there. Um Let's see. Well, so, yeah, so overall thoughts on the match. The guns get the win with, uh, what are they, didn't they end up calling that the Sidewinder?
0: I think so, yeah, because I know, uh, well, I guess I said it was a gut wrench bomb turned into their finish ma- finishing, finishing, ma- their, what a maneuver!
1: <laughs> it was definitely a what a
0: maneuver. Yeah, I think it was a like, what a maneuver. Yeah, let's just say it was a Sidewinder, because it was yeah, a gut wrench ish bomb. Okay. So I don't, I,
1: I, well, look, go ahead. I, I had some notes on the commentary during this match, because oh. there was, some more Booger highlights here. Okay, I'll um, and shoot it. We discovered that uh, Booger eats groundhog. <laughs> um, that I guess Groundhog Day must have been the week before, or something like that. And and uh, Booger goes, oh, I think I'm gonna uh, barbecue up some groundhog this week. And, uh, uh, I don't make, yeah, some, make
0: sense because I know I had the date for this raw to be Monday, February seventh, of ninety
1: four. Okay, great. Yeah, I didn't catch the date, so yeah. So we know that Booger is going to eat some groundhog, and then um, should he put
0: some uh, JRFWQ sauce on it?
1: Oh, I think that's the only way to do it. He said he's going to barbecue it. So ha- hashtag sauce it, <laughs> sauce it. <laughs> um, and then we had this all over this uh, whole episode. Some really bad like. 1994 pop culture references um this one is that booger is going to be managed by roseanne Barr. Um, yeah i i I,
0: know, I noticed that too that that
1: i felt like that was kind of low I, th- I thought that one was lame <laughs> i don't know you can tell um definitely in these early rods way more than as as we would go on into the late 90s and into the 2000s um you you can tell what McMahon's watching, and what he's like paying attention to in pop culture, and it's really weird.
0: Well, okay, Nick, I know I remember listening to other podcasts, and they're usually like Vince's. I think at best, like six months behind on on the pop culture, if not a couple years behind on things.
1: Yeah, and you and you'll be able to see that kind of later. I have a note from something that he's probably six months behind on.
0: Okay, which I'm happy you caught. You took note about that because I know I didn't.
1: Yeah, that, that's cool. I got your back on that one.
0: Thank you. Well, yes, I know I watched this. I think yeah, yesterday and well, yeah, we're recording this over the Fourth of July weekend, and I work till three o'clock in the morning, and I watched this yesterday with not. Getting much sleep, so I wasn't <laughs> wasn't really paying that much attention to the commentary because yeah, Baston Booger kind of put kind of pushed me away <laughs> with his <laughs> belly. Well, he he, he belly but me a few times, and I'm like, okay, I'll
1: give <laughs> I'll give you your distance. What was he What was he ordering during this? Episode? I feel like that was like the pizza. Wasn't the, it pizza? Uh, yeah, the running joke is Booger's. Uh, ordering different stuff yeah i think he's ordering pizza during this one (laughs) that that makes
0: me laugh with with what we usually do when we get together we order pizza uh, hut pizza you got it (laughs) all right so what's up next year? i'm sure i'm surprised you didn't catch my catch that but okay <laughs> no, we normally get Domino's pizza people. It's oh, running so just ducks.
1: like that if you notice that's what Booger ordered too. Yeah, Pep pe- You ordered pizza Domino's. On. Oh didn't no, he No, he ordered Domino's. Oh, even just uh, like us.
0: Exactly. Okay. I know I okay, after this match I uh said so, yeah, we went to a video package from the Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, yep. with Owen Hart turning on his brother Brett. How at the Survivor Series you know, a couple months prior how it was uh, the Hearts versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights and Owen Hart was the only guy eliminated from the team, planting the seed that Owen's going to churn, which he did at, at the Royal Rumble, kicking, kicking on Brett's knee and on All-American Wrestling. That's,
1: what, that's when he, he uh, if you remember, he kicked his leg out of his leg.
0: <laughs> oh, I love those one-liners. Yeah,
1: that was, that was Hart's his big chance at his first heel promo. Brett, I kicked your leg out of your leg. Oh, what
0: what a rocket he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. I don't, oh, uh, yeah, then we had uh, interviews from both Brett and Owen from All-American Wrestling from Sunday. Do you remember the TV show All-American all Wrestling?
1: Well, you know, growing up, I did not have cable at the time. I remember when they... So at this time, I think I was getting all of my information by the magazine. So... We're like two months behind at best, <laughs> and uh, I remember the, the uh, ads in the magazine for All-American Wrestling, but I never never watched it. How about you?
0: No, I never, I never watched it either, and uh, you know, with the network, I, I'll be surprised if All-American Wrestling would be put up on the, on the network, but I'd be interested in watching a few episodes if they do actually put it out.
1: Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll definitely... Take part of that, too.
0: But, yeah, I know how Yeah, we have a clip from, you know, both Owen and Brett with, with, with McMahon interviewing interviewing them. And Owen says, I know he felt good to kick the crap out of Brett. Saying it was a lifetime of frustration that was built up inside
1: oh, of no, him. Oh, no, no. Let me correct you. He was, that was a lifetime of frustration from Owen Hart.
0: It must be the Canadian <laughs> accent that he had. <laughs> I was so frustrated. Then, I know. yeah, then we go to Brett saying that he didn't want to face Owen. But yep. he feel like he, the only thing that he has to do now with where Owen brought, where, how Owen's acting.
1: Yep. Yeah, I my only other note is that Owen also uh, promised that mom and dad were going to be sick. Yeah. After what he does to Brad at Mania.
0: Well, I, I hope they are sick and don't have another kid.
1: <laughs> they had enough. They had about 15, I think.
0: <laughs> I know, especially all those cats that they had. <laughs> Was
1: not aware of the cat situation.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Well, that could be discussed at another
1: podcast.
0: So the next oh. match that we had was Owen Hart versus John Paul.
1: Yeah, who Booger does not trust because he doesn't trust people with two first names. Yeah, okay,
0: I'm happy you got that, because I remember, remember, Booger said something about not liking people with two first names. So yeah, he I'm happy you got
1: that. He said he can't trust John Paul because he doesn't trust people with two first names. I guess I,
0: I guess I'm happy that Booger wasn't doing a commentary for WCW uh, Saturday nights because how there was John Paul Levesque.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's just... At least he's got the two first names in the front, not not the back there. Fair um, Yeah, and by other good booger line is uh, the crowd was chanting, we want Brett, we <laughs> want Brett. <laughs> we want goes, pizza. We want Brett, I want pizza. <laughs>
0: yeah, I made a note about that how he wants, what, five pizzas ordered and brought to a Marine site for, for <laughs> you yeah. to eat? yes.
1: It's in my contract, McMahon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that 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 made me laugh too. I, that's I think one of the only notes I wrote down for, from the commentary, and yeah, when I heard that, that made me pop.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So, what did you think about this match? I feel this like it's kind of v- v- very, two. very
0: one hand or one one sided, just like the match before. Oh yeah. I, I did give this match a higher rating though,
1: but not by much. Three yeah,
0: I, three eighths three eighths of a star. <laughs>
1: Well, if I went one and a half, one and a half or one and a quarter for the other one, I guess I'd have to go like two for this one because <laughs> I, w- I would agree with you, um, but I mean the, all the whole thing with you know squash matches or one hand one sided matches is that one side has to be good.
0: Yeah, Owen is Owen is good.
1: Yeah, Owen is infinitely better than the smoking guns. Uh, definitely in nineteen ninety four. So and I and I put. Took note of um, that Owen did a really good job of kind of establishing his his heel character.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah. that's one. I guess one thing I kind of brought the brought this match down for me. You know how he was, you know, taunting the crowd and all that. Right. That that kind of brought it down for me. But like you said, he did help build his his new phone character to the crowd, to the crowd in the audience, and for the viewer viewers on the network and for. Yeah. You know the people alive on watching it on USA Network.
1: Yeah, and I think he really needed to do that because when you look at Owen, he's never going to be like that in, intimidating look, right? You know, yeah, definitely. He's yeah. he's he's got to do that other stuff because he's not huge. He doesn't have a scary look. He's got that baby face, so he's got to do his best to, you know. Yeah, be a, be the heel. Yeah, be a bad guy. So,
0: so I know. Yeah, as I said, that was say, yeah, those were pretty much the biggest notes I had of the match. I know I did write down the finish. If there's an, anything that you want to talk about before the finish,
1: um, no, I just I thought he did a really good job of uh, you know just grinding down John Paul, hitting some big. I really liked his uh, his Inseguri always looked good.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. when yeah. When he hit that on John Paul, I thought of the Shawn Michaels Inseguri that supposedly put him out for a few months or whatever. Yeah. A couple of years yeah. later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The finish came when uh, John Paul tried to hit a standing drop kick, I believe, and Owen, mm-hmm. moved, and Owen moved all the way, grabbing his feet and locking him in the sharpshooter. And only thing John Paul could do is uh, beat the drum of the mat. <laughs> you know, tap, tap, tap his way out the sharpshooter.
1: You got that right. Um, and then we hear the the Owen Hart theme, and I just took a note. Do you? What do you think about the Owen Hart theme? Does it really fit him? I.
0: I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that
1: theme is a lot better than the theme he had in, like, 99 or whatever. I, I did. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. Yes, you are correct.
0: Cause I, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I know yeah, the theme song that he had then was when he was with Coco Beware. <laughs> um, yes, high or, or words of Dave Meltzer, Coco <laughs> Uh Well, if you guys don't know that, I'm a big Dave Meltzer fan for... Uh, before you guys know, I'll be dropping a bunch of Dave Meltzer jokes. <laughs> but, yeah, because I know, yeah, that, that was a theme song that they had before, so I'm kind of sad that they could at least somewhat remake that for his heel turn. Yeah. They give it a new beat or something. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. But I, I do love that, that classic theme song of Owens, though.
1: It's true. I mean, it's kind of become him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Then uh, we go to another video package with...
1: Paul Bear, oh yes. <laughs> well, I had to say, before we got to that, we did get a uh, basketball get on some pizza, so <laughs> yes, <made> laugh. <laughs> we can we can pass through that. But I just want I yes. just took note of that. So we yes, we, we got Paul in the graveyard. Go ahead,
0: talking about like the
1: Undertaker will come back one day if you have, if you
0: believe, if you have faith in the Undertaker, and he will rise
1: again. That's oh yes. Too. If you believe, have faith. <laughs> Which sounds sound like, like a church sermon if you ask me. I would agree with you. And, uh, and then you got, then you got uh, Undertaker you, sneaking around okay, behind I was Paul. Ju- back. Just
0: gonna, I was just going to ask if you saw who was sneaking around a
1: little bit behind Paul Barrow. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. My eyes were keen looking for the Undertaker. <laughs> I was going to say, how fake did the ground seem to you? You know, what, I thought it was real. I because there was snow on the ground. Okay, cause I kind of thought that it was legit. Because it looked kind of fake to me. With you know, uh, towards the end end of the scene, hall,
0: you know, just the uh, snow or the ground right in front of the first set of tombstones looked kind of fake to me. All right, it, I mean, it, I could
1: definitely be wrong.
0: <laughs> unless it was just the lighting that you know, with me being tired and kind of grumpy, you know that. You thought you
1: were in the graveyard? Oh yes, I thought it was. Uh, <laughs>
0: Okay, I guess we go to the next match, which which I guess was the main event of the night, which wasn't the last yep. match of the night. No, uh, but they kind of
1: always did this. R- kind of R- back Shister. in the day. Yep. And we we start with Irwin Scheister calling out all the Pocono tax cheat.
0: Okay, I as I said, I didn't I didn't pick up what town they were in, but I know they were in the state of New Jersey.
1: No, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yep. my, my bad. Because when when IRS comes out, he says. Uh, the people in the Poconos are bigger tax cheats than the folks in the rest of Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, oh, okay. I know you said something about that, but I guess so. Uh, I put said in New Jersey. I guess I wasn't like I said. Boston Booger Belly, bought me out. away.
1: so <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of these shows, these ninety after they kind of move out of the Manhattan Center in ninety three, they do a lot of these shows in like Poughkeepsie. You'll see that's in New York, and um, yeah, these just kind of right around that tri-state area, New a bunch Jersey, of, bunch of small towns. Yeah, yeah. You saw, I think like if you looked on the side of the, the building there, it said something. I think it was at a resort. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe it was. Uh, that's where Vince took his ski trips. I know the Poconos is pretty big for skiing, and then maybe that's why they're they're there.
0: So I know you talked about Owen Hart's theme song. I am kind of happy they didn't play IRS's theme song. I don't.
1: I don't even does. I don't know if I've ever even heard Iris. I think. I know I always
0: heard, like, Super Nintendo, Genesis version of his theme song. And it sounded horrible. It just sounded like a bunch of old-school tax machines or oddity yeah. machines.
1: <laughs> yeah, just like the the kind of like the metal sound. Good. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I'm happy they didn't they didn't play that because <laughs> I, I would have pulled my hair out for, from his theme song.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he, so he comes out, he cuts out a little promo on the fans, then his... Uh, Opponent, Marty Jannetty comes out. Marty j <laughs> Marty Jannetty. Oh, okay. Well, really the, the, you know what? You say Marty j That makes you think of a question that I wrote down that I wanted to pose to you. Uh-oh. Is Marty Jannetty one of the biggest wastes of talent ever?
0: I feel like after the Rockers broke up, I feel like he, he is. Because of all the drugs that he did over, you know, over time, and you know him picking drugs over his career. Because so I do feel like he was was one great was a great talent back then. Yeah, uh, well. he, he kept up with Michaels in, in the team. You know, they needed two guys to put on a, the great tag team. It's just sad that he didn't. With what success Shawn Michaels had sing, as singles star after they broke up, it just breaks my heart that Marty didn't have more success than what he did.
1: Well, you know, and I think I've heard this before, and it's but it's totally true. You know, we always talk about, like, who's going to be, when we look at good tag teams, who's going to be the Sean and who's going to be the Marty. Well, that wasn't the goal in 91 or 92, whenever they broke up. It was, you know, they both were going to be big stars. And, you know, if Marty kept sh- shooting himself in the foot.
0: Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, it yeah, was Drugs and yeah, I ox don't, I don't know. Uh, on one podcast we both listened to, it's the old school rat, old school <laughs> wrestling podcast with Dre and the Black Cat. I know they, uh, This was like many episodes ago. How they did talk about the breakup in their '93 Rumble match. Yeah, and I know. I think they were talking about yeah, how you know they kind of wished that that match would have happened like a year sooner at '92, but because of. Marty's drug abuse and being arrested all the time—that you know, that feud between Michaels and Janetty were kind of hit and miss.
1: Yeah, and I just you know, every time that I see Janetty, I just think like, oh, he's so good. Like, especially that—I don't know what year—you'd probably be better when he came, made that little comeback where he fought Angle in the oh yeah, Invitational yeah. match, and then a couple that?
0: weeks later, WrestleMania twenty-one-ish.
1: Yeah, whenever Angle and um Michaels had the mania match. That, that been,
0: I think two thousand five ish?
1: Yeah, that he was still good then. You know, that match between him and Angle was just great. That was one of my favorites of that so, year.
0: Yeah, so what could have been you know, if Gennetti would've stayed out the drugs, you know, what could have what could have been his career?
1: Right. Yeah. So one of the lost, kind of lost talents, I'd say. Oh,
0: we should probably get back to the back to the match. I do like this sure, tan- sure. tangent. though. <laughs>
1: tangent, Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I have any more, but that's a, that's a good one there.
0: I, I know one of the first notes of this match I took was right right away after the bell sounded. IRS sneak attacked Jannetty to get the upper advantage, and I did right. that was smart thinking because if I ever competed in the in, a, in the wrestling ring, I would try to do the same thing.
1: That's <laughs> smart, man. The wall. I, I didn't take too many notes on this one. The first note I took was why does the IRS get so sweaty? So <laughs> I, I noticed not that
0: that too, like his white, like I noticed that he didn't have an undershirt underneath his white shirt, which I guess would have made it made the things look even more gross with him. <laughs>
1: he's just every match I've been watching these early Raws, and gosh, he's just so sweaty. Well,
0: um, I'm happy he had red suspenders on to help keep his shirt yeah. down, at least. Yeah.
1: So I I didn't have too many notes. The only notes I have is that so many people are coming in and out of this match. You got the Quebecers coming out, then Danny Davis sends them away. Uh, you know, former heel ref Danny Davis, um, and he was making like the money sign with his fingers. And I don't even I don't get what what he was doing with that. But did you did you catch that? I, I,
0: I'm assuming that maybe that IRS bought them out. Ah, okay, okay,
1: yeah. So he sends them back. Then um, then Johnny Polo comes out. And Razor,
0: Razor <laughs> came yeah. out. Cause I know when Danny, Dave, Danny Davis sent them back, it was during the commercial break, which we, which we saw back after they came back with the commercial. But, yeah, they, Johnny Polo came out. Then the intercontinental champion Razor Ramon came out. Then the Quebecers for the tag champs came back out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wrote so many people around here.
0: <laughs> well, did, did you notice what Polo ha- had in his hands?
1: Yeah, um, well, Booger first throws out maybe that it was a mop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Booger, <laughs> which which was incorrect, but yeah, uh, Vince is a pool cue. <laughs> Yes,
0: which I don't, know, I, I don't know. Makes me kind of laugh with
1: what you know. Polo as his last name. <laughs> I think he might have forgotten his polo stick. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He just pulled the po- pulled the pool cue from the nearest bar. I know during
0: this time, Marty threw Ira, whipped IRS in the ropes, and IRS came back and was nailed with the sweet chin music. <laughs> what you know, I was going to ask was, Michaels using that as as his finisher during this time. Um, I
1: can't remember 94, when had he switched from the suplex, the teardrop suplex I, at that time. I don't think
0: so. Cause I know I remember during the WrestleMania 10 match in 94 with Razor and Sean, that Sean used a super kick a few times and they okay. didn't put that over. So I don't, I don't think so at this okay, time. Okay. So he's
1: not stealing it yet.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to ask that.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's. I think he's still good.
0: <laughs> so, well, so we might as well go to the end of the match where IRS won by, uh, di- by the Quebecers and Rays are distracting the referee and Polo using his
1: polo stick to whack Genetti. Well, he like throw. He like throws him. When Genetti comes over to the ropes, he like pushes him. Yes. And then and then uh, IRS rolls him up. Yeah. For so,
0: the so even though this was the main event match. I don't think you like my rating for this match. It <laughs> was it? it was a Dave Meltzer's famous dud. Oh, a dud! Yes. Oh man, I, I was pre- this this raw was I was pretty harsh on it to be honest.
1: <laughs> if you haven't noticed yet, <laughs> you, Oh, yeah I noticed with your your highest match rating is three eighths of a star. Now, yeah, that was the last ways. I guess now
0: think of it, you know, one would assume that the jobber match with Owen would be a little bit worse than this match.
1: Yeah, I don't you know, I don't know. I didn't think this was too bad. It was uh, definitely weighed down by all the um focus being on the comings and goings of all the folks. Uh
0: Yeah, I felt like that. Now. I thought like that's what brought it down for me was, you know, the the ending. Even though it set up for raw for the two weeks later though.
1: Sure. Yeah. I I'm I guess I don't know what I'd go for a rating on this one. Maybe like uh Maybe two stars again. I'm gonna okay. give it the same as the Owen match.
0: Okay, then uh I noticed in in the end that the he the face has got the guy you know, the rub, you know, with razor hitting mm-hmm. I don't know which Quebecer, but one of the Quebecers with the razor's edge.
1: Um oh shoot. I I didn't make note but I thought I think it's Jock.
0: Okay. I, I think now I think of it, I think it was it was Jock, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so yeah, they got the upper hand there. Um, at the end, and yeah, you mentioned two weeks <clears throat> would be the the match between Jannetty and Razor versus the, the Quebecers. Yeah, for, was yep. it
0: for the tag titles?
1: uh yeah, because yeah, we'll see you later. They're not happy about it. Yeah, I know,
0: gix, I know. I think RAW next week is
1: canceled because uh dog Oh Show. yeah, because my next note in. Bigger font than any, everything else, all caps, two exclamations. I just wrote, DOG SHOW!
0: I was actually, uh, well, I didn't check it when I was watching, had the ne- network on, but I w- wanted to check the date for the following episode, because I know I remember supposedly that Raw is the longest written weekly episodic television show, if that's the case that's Michael Cole's line to us
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he means, does he mean every week when he says that, or I, does he just mean that it's longer than any other show that's ran weekly, I don't know I, okay, I probably, I probably the sure.
0: longest show that's ran weekly, I'm assuming, oh okay, yeah, but, yeah. which would make sense
1: so, so yeah, so should we, we go got to, the dog show coming up next week, and should we talk about the next
0: match, sure Okay, it's how do you like me now? Sermon
1: <laughs> Sparky plug against Dwayne Gilbert. Man, Dwayne Gill made the right decision shaving his head, oh, is all I have to say.
0: My first note on this match was another dollar match, and Dwayne Gill had a Hogan style <laughs> haircut with, with a skull and a handlebar mustache, just like the Hulkster.
1: It's hair was, Yeah, he looked like a mini. Hulk
0: Hogan. And what color was his uh, singlet? It's bright red. That's what made me think of Hulk Hogan,
1: matching with that bright yellow hair he had.
0: <laughs> it made me. It made me jiggle and giggle.
1: <laughs> My first note was that this just this match. I don't know why, just this match, but it it put me over the edge on Booger. I just yeah. put, this is too much booger choking on stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, I, know, I didn't write any times when he was choking, but yeah, that, towards the end, that, that bothered me a lot, because, you know, when I was watching this, uh, watching this, I was watching this at my mom's, and my mom was on her computer playing games on Facebook, and, you know, she was sitting behind me, when, when he was choking on his food, like, I wonder what, I wonder what my mom's thinking about this, <laughs> you know, hearing him choke while I'm wa- trying to
1: watch and take notes on this match. On a side note, your your mom is a great, um, great Candy Crush mind. She is a, a always a source of free lives for me on that game.
0: Well yeah, I think think that was the game she was playing in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ma- Mama D, Mama Darcy is one hell of a
1: lady. I'll admit that. I'm sure that I'm right. sure, sure you agree with me on that. I'm sure it won't be the last time that we reference Mama D yes. on the show. You know, <laughs> so, she, she's one hell
0: of a lady, especially raising the dirty dog and my two brothers all by herself
1: you got it she's so, uh, and yes and on that note yeah let's get back to the last year i was
0: gonna say i only other note i had about this match was the ending
1: okay i got one in the middle i thought uh really one really nice power slam from okay. from sparky plug okay uh to uh the future Gilbert. there. Yeah, and then tell us how it finishes up. Yeah, I know
0: this is, you know, just like rest the rest of the car besides the IRS genetic match, another jobber match. Uh, yep. Gil had the advantage a few times, but I'll oh, say so that didn't last long. The right. finish, finish came Sparky Plug, flew off the top rope and hit a flying knee drop.
1: Did you hear what they called it?
0: Uh, I know, I, I remember hearing it, but I can't think of what it the, was called. The
1: overhead cam.
0: And i that's a silly name for a silly move. Um, I wish Spark Sparkplug would uh, <laughs> broke his knees given that maneuver. Because I, I cringed when I saw him doing a flying knee drop off the top rope.
1: <laughs> well, must not have done too bad because he wrestled for nearly 15 more years after that, right?
0: I guess, you know, if, if, I, if you ask me how do I like him now, I'll, well, I guess I had to like him. <laughs> So uh, the rating for this match, I gave us another Dave Meltzer's famous dud. Oh, dud. I'd go one star. Okay. Okay. I'm happy that you didn't like this match as much as <laughs> I did.
1: It's just a squash. Okay.
0: Then uh, we go to uh WrestleMania 10. Uh, was it Flashback?
1: Rewind? Feed a bomb? I don't even know. To hey. be honest, I fast forwarded through this whole thing. Okay. And I, guess, <laughs> I guess if
0: I watched and took notes, I'll talk about it. Go ahead. Uh, we go to Todd Pentangel, at wherever he was at in some kind of studio, or whatever, plugging WrestleMania 10. He one joke he didn't mention was he's looking forward to WrestleMania 10 for guess what, 10 years. So cheap. <laughs> yeah, maybe it made me laugh. <laughs> then he then he plugged his WrestleMania uh, denim jacket. You know, I saw that
1: part. I saw him turn around and pointing at his jacket.
0: Yeah, then he plugged the Ticketmaster number to call for tickets, and talked talked, you know, then we saw a video package from the week before where Lux Luger and Bret Hart co-won the 94 Royal Rumble. And Luger won the, won the coin toss to face Yokozuna first at WrestleMania 10. Then Bret Rousey faced the winner in the main event. Then we go to uh, Yokozuna, Mr. Fuji, and James E. Cornette. And Jimmy was uh, going off saying that uh, Jack Tunney must have had a double head, uh, double head coin. That's how Luger, Luger won the coin toss. <laughs> and just like you know, the summer before, Luger's going to fail again against Yoko, and Yoko's going to retain the title, and go on to face Brett and squash Brett Arasmi at ten.
1: And we'll see if that in that come. Well, it, it kind of came true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah well i'm sure one day we'll cover us many attempts we'll talk about that some future episode sure in then, full. then we go to uh the C- kanota crush bra with <laughs> mr fuji against thornberg thorn whatever thorn something thorn something or another the man in the in the bumblebee stripes oh, i wrote that First sentence for this match: Crush his <laughs> opponent. Uh, Crush his opponent had taste that looked like a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. And I, the second sentence I wrote down was: I wish that jobber would go and get me some honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't write down anything for this. One. This match sucks. <laughs> okay, this was worse than any of those duds that you were calling out. Okay, well, uh, I took
0: a few notes. open Yeah, this match was extremely slow. You know, crushed it a big. Big guy, you know, Russell, big guy, match and all that, all because he's big. Uh, <laughs> then towards the end, Fuji called for a Crush to hit, hit the grill, p- uh, press slam, and Crush did. Then hit the famous Hulk Hogan running leg drop
1: for the win. <laughs> well, you know my rating. This is a dud for me. Guess what I guess what I rated this match. I don't know. Is this the three times a charm dud?
0: This is the Dave Meltzer's famous dud. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I can't say anything more about this. I wish they would have cut this off the end of the
0: broadcast. Yeah,
1: okay. Then I know you
0: mentioned this earlier, but uh, we after the commercial break, we come back with the Quebecers and Johnny yep.
1: Polo. And I, I wrote that Pierre hates the wall. <laughs> uh, he's he punches a hole in the wall there. I don't know if the Poconos that resort they were going to do some remodeling, so they thought they'd get an early start there. You want to know what I think about that? What's that?
0: I'll drink another yellow to that.
1: <laughs> and yeah. So their their whole the gist of their whole thing is that they are not happy with Jack Tunney that he uh, scheduled that match for them in two weeks to defend the titles
0: against and, you know, like, uh, we, like we said earlier earlier against Razor and Marty. Uh huh. Exactly.
1: And and I did notice. Did you notice this that Polo has changed clothes? So no, they I, must have taped this at a different time. No, I didn't notice that. I'm <laughs> happy. I'm happy you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm. Then uh. Well, Kendall, for each show, we're going to pick a
1: jobber in a minute. Oh, enter. no, there's more. Oh, there's okay, more talk, here, Talk man. about more. Talk about more. There's, uh, they come back to your favorite and mine there, Bastion Booger. Oh, God. He's talking God. about the dog show. <laughs> so they give him a little dog food <laughs> at the <laughs> end there. And he, he, him, he ate the milk bone. He ate the milk bone. He liked it. He <laughs> likes it. Yeah, Well, that's, okay. that's another inside joke. But yeah. uh, you know
0: we're we have a mutual a mutual friend called well for the show. His name is Michael Dave or <laughs> Mikey Wolfreck, and we give him crap for being a dog. <laughs> so when I saw that, I automatically thought of Michael
1: Dave. Yeah, so so he chows down on the the dog bone there, and then they they sign out with a group of just the. The goof troop there, Uh, the bushwhackers, (laughs) the men on a mission. Was it Doink in there? Doink and Dink, I think, are all there, just woofing it up. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how they sign off.
0: Okay, well, (laughs) that that was, to me, one horrible episode of Raw, but I (laughs) I enjoyed it to watch to see how horrible that one hour episode was.
1: It was 1994 in a capsule. So yeah, what else can we can we expect? Yeah, that's it was perfect. I think for 1994, there. Okay. okay, now go ahead with what you're gonna say.
0: Okay, I know. Yeah, for each episode, we're gonna pick a main event main event star to go along with our podcast name, Main Event Status Radio, and also pick a jobber.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so I picked this as like best and worst. Is yeah. that what you did too? Kind of, kind of yeah.
0: Kinda, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I'll scratch up my jobber and I'll put in uh, Thornburg as my uh, jobber.
1: He's, the, he's your worst, your least valuable player is Thorben Thorbenberg. Thor? Question mark. The double <laughs> my, B, question mark. My worst, my jobber status is Bastion Booger. <laughs> he brought down this show so much. He's ba- the worst. Bastion
0: was going to be my close second. <laughs> All right.
1: Who, and who's your who's your main event status? Who's your star? I. Uh,
0: I wrote, it was a tie, but I'll cross one of the guys out. My main event star, my main event player, has to be the one, the only Todd Pentengale. <laughs> Just because I really, really, really loved his WrestleMania 10 joke. That, Todd
1: Pentengale the jacket.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love how he said he was waiting for WrestleMania 10 for 10 years. <laughs> that. You know, this was a sleep deprived weekend for me and that still makes me smile. I love love that joke.
1: Oh my gosh. Well my <laughs> that's hard to tell. <laughs> my I guess most valuable player uh is Marty Gennetti. I thought he was he did a good job and he uh pulled the best out of sweaty IRS. Okay. I was gonna <laughs>
0: say my original jobber was gonna be Mr. Fuji.
1: That's what, That would be a good choice, dude. Okay. He never, never did too much. Who, who's worse, Thornburg or or Fuji? I'm going to go with Thornburg. Okay, I, I think you made a good choice on the Thornburg. Okay, then my
0: co-main eventer I scratched out for this episode was the Intercontinental Champion Razor Ramon, solely on landing the perfect
1: Razor's Edge. It was a nice Razor's Edge. But,
0: but I feel like Todd Pettingill was the better choice. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, then uh, for each episode, you also wanted to do a top five list. And for this episode, you wanted to do a top five
1: fatties. Yeah, I'll I'll explain. I was looking, and the reason I picked this episode, I saw Bastion Booger eating the pizza. And maybe that was a bad choice, seeing as how just crappy Bastion Booger was on this episode. But it made me think, I want to watch that. And my top five, I, yeah, I want to do the top five fatties.
0: Okay, then so do you want to go five, You know, I say five, you say five, and yes.
1: Okay, Yep, So
0: who's your top? Five, who's your number five fatty? My number five, which you know, I wrote down right when, right before we started recording this episode, was <laughs> Big Daddy V, Mr. Raw, King Mabel. I think that's a oh, that's a good choice. And so, yeah, my the reason why I picked yeah. him was just because how huh, he started, you know, in the WWF. Uh, only, only thing I know about him was in the WWF. And, you know, he started out as tag team with Maul as, you know, men on a mission. They went, went and won the King of the Ring. They went on to face Diesel for the WWF title in 95. Then came back as Mabel. Then became Vistra in 1999, teamed with Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. And came back in WWE's third show, ECW as Big Daddy V. And just how big and massive he was and how agile that guy was. He has to be in my number five.
1: Yeah, and you know, to be that's a really good choice. I w- wish I would have thought of him actually because I thought, you know, that's a really good example of a guy who kind of, for me at least, bloomed late because I thought um, his best character was that big Danny B character. Oh,
0: definitely. Because I think I remember hearing too at WrestleMania 10, he was like, I think, 23 or something like that. So he yeah.
1: was fairly, pretty young. So is that is that one of those examples of just too much too soon? I, he just I, wasn't I, ready in 94, 95. Yeah, I feel like yeah. He's just yeah, barely college age. That's a little, I think that's too young for what he was asked to do there against Diesel on that. So who's okay. your number five? My number five and although most of his career he probably wouldn't be classified a fatty, but definitely early in the in his career I picked the big boss man. Ooh, that's I wish I would have thought about the big boss man. Yep, and I I thought he was uh, a, when you talk about agile, uh big guys, that's uh Big Bossman, right there, and I thought he really moved well for his size, and I thought he was a darn good, darn good wrestler in his career.
0: The yeah, I know Bossman is one of my personal favorites. With years gone by, you know, going back to watch older, older stuff, you know, I love watching Big Bossman. You know, especially with his theme song.
1: If you, <laughs> if you
0: ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, that Twin Tower stage, like well, that stuff.
0: De- de- definitely, because I know uh, I'm. I did watch Survivor Series 1999, where Big Show Single-handedly eliminated Big Boss Man's Survivor Series team. Oh yeah. How I, that, you know I'm, I'm hoping to make some time to watch Armageddon '99, where Big Show defended the WWF title against Boss Man. I'm sure the match is horrible, but <laughs> just because I love Boss Man, I, I want to watch that match. All right, who you got for number four? My number four is Bam Bam. That's you know, another good pick. Just because you know, kind of with uh, you know, with Mabel as you know my first first choice, and you know, kind of with Boss Man, you know, another big agile man, and to me, he was the first big guy, you know, a guy over three hundred pounds to do a moon off the top rope. Definitely. So that was spectacular, you know, with his full body suit, flames, and the flame <laughs> tattoo on, on his head. You know, no hair. He was one of, one of a kind. so to, oh, to me, and I, and I feel like you know, especially with his career in WCW later on in ECW, he has to be one, considered one of the greatest fatties in, in, <laughs> in the business.
1: All right, my yeah, that's I think that's a great choice. My number four. Um, still semi-active, I guess you'd say, Mark Henry. Ooh, sexual yep. chocolate. <laughs> and it's kind of I—I put him similar, probably even better, um, in that viscera camp where we were talking about how not so good at the beginning of their career took a long time to get get things together. I would definitely say Mark Henry. Oh, These yes, last five sure. years have been up there well, in yeah, the WWE. Yeah, so. the
0: best time I really liked Mark Henry was when he was on. The SmackDown brand was the shows were still fairly split and was a world heavyweight champion.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that's he's my number four there.
0: Okay. My number okay. three has to be the two-time World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, and the, well, I did not know if the only guy to defeat Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. Yoko Zuna.
1: Oh yeah. You gotta let you gotta love Yoko. Yeah.
0: You know another- I. When, yeah, I picked him. I'm sure you're going to say you know, another halfway uh, agile man before his weight got too much. And I feel like you know him being a monster heel, because I think he only debuted maybe, what, six months before
1: WrestleMania 9? Yeah, couldn't have been much more than that.
0: And you know, then he won the ninety three Royal Rumble, you know, by Macho Man doing the front elbow on uh, him, <laughs> trying trying to pin him and you know, from the from the mat throwing Macho over the top rope to win the rumble. If, I,
1: if we ever do top five stupidest decisions in wrestling, that and, might be there. Then yeah, so
0: yeah, you know, throwing Macho over, winning the rumble, facing Bret Hart at WrestleMania nine at Caesars Palace, then sadly enough losing to Hulk Hogan right away. Yeah. But then then winning the title again at, at Drewing it at the King of the Ring pay-per-view, 93, then holding it till WrestleMania 10.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good choice. My number three, kind of going out of this era a little bit, going back a little bit, Terry Gordy. Ooh. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. I, I thought he was just destructive, tough, SOB you don't want to get messed with. So tell that, me, was, that t- was my number three. Tell me about Terry Gordy and the Fabulous Freebirds. Of greatness. He's, the, I think that's an awesome uh, dynamic there because it, it plays out that like real life thing where you have um, one guy who's going to run his mouth and get into fights and then another guy who finishes those fights. You know, you got uh, Michael Hayes, who will uh, pick the fight and maybe not be able to back himself up, but he's a really good talker. But then you got his backup, Terry Gordy, who will knock you in the teeth.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think think Terry Gordy is a great number three
1: choice. Yeah. Okay, who's your number two? I I got one question for
0: you for my number two. All right. What time is it? Oh. It's time. It's time. It's Vader time, because <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Because yeah, once in a while, when you know, like you when you come up to visit, we watched for this probably years ago. Star k 1993 with yes. Vader as a WCW champion against Ric Flair, and I feel like Vader helped before the match was the main event. Star with his his leather with his jacket <laughs> and his sweatpants.
1: You got it. The Sickos.
0: Yes, and I know. Just listen. I don't know if you listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast or not, but like within the last month or so, he had Big Van Vader on as a two part ca- uh, two part guest, and just hearing stories from Vader, uh, he has to be one of the, he has you know has to be one of the greatest you know big men because I know well, uh, well just know one of the stories he said was I think in Japan when he was facing Stan Hansen, Stan Hansen is like I think legally blind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, he, he, he was you know throw you know throws his. Uh bull rope, bull rope or whatever over around, and with a cowbell nailed Vader's eye out of the socket. Oh, oh and all and all that. So I can, that's one match I would love to see, watch sometime, possibly do a review on. But mm-hmm. besides that, you know, his Vader's feud, you know, Vader's time in WCW being a big scary big man who, you know, str- you know, push, beats people up. Mm-hmm. And then in WWE wasn't really that great, but still, I felt like a dominant big guy. Yeah. And then, you know, just like Bam Bam, that's another guy who can do, you know, a, a soul off the top row, which was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to talk too much about Vader just yet, if you can catch well, my joke. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> my number two actually has been touched on as well. My number two is Yokozuna. Ooh, I thought nice. uh, just all the things you said just echoed them. I thought he did a great job, um, you know, uh, as a person who never talked for such a long time, um, still getting across his character and really uh, still making a lot happen there. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my number two.
0: Okay, I'm happy that you never mentioned my number one choice. And it sounds like my number one choice isn't isn't even on your list. And I'm sure you'd be kicking yourself that you didn't think about this guy. I'm sure guy. I
1: will be. I'm sure I will be. Mick Foley. Oh, okay. See, I, I hadn't thought about, like,
0: little fat guys <laughs> well, cause, yeah because you know i think we we're talking yeah we were talking about before we started the podcast so, you know i was thinking about my you know top five list over the week and trying to think of who i want and what order and mick foley had to be you know number one on my list because you know granny you know like you said you know people really don't think of think of him as a fatty <laughs> even, even though you know even though he's a bigger guy Yep. But, you know, he's three-time WWE champion, even though each, I think, all together probably, you know, makes out to about a month. <laughs> probably, but, you know, yeah. just, you know, all his matches in Japan with his, with uh, death matches, you know, ECW, WCW, WWF, you know, one of the, especially how smart that guy is, too.
1: hmm
0: You know, with, you know, people think about the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker being thrown off the cage, thrown through the cage, and, you know, all his, you know, Crazy characters as Cactus Jack, Mankind, Dude Love. I feel like you know Mankind McFoley has to be considered one of the greatest fatties of all time.
1: Good choice. All right, and yeah, my number one has been mentioned. My number one is Vader. I just really thought he um, just really personifies what like a good big man is. You know, he can still yeah, move yeah. around. He. You know he, he's intimidating as all get out, like kind of the opposite of like what Bastian Booger would be. Now, Bastian <laughs> yeah. Booger's huge, but he's just fat. Yeah, he, Whereas you know Vader is, he's a big dude, but he looks like he could beat the snot out of you. So oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and I love pretty much every stage of his career. Yeah, definitely Vader's Vader's number one for me. I thought he was just great.
0: So sounds good. I guess that's for. Where... Our main eventers, our jobbers, our top five fatties, and episode 51 of Monday Night Raw.
1: All right. So do you have any uh, closing comments or anything for us, uh, Beverly? No, I don't think so. I had a lot of fun here. Oh, yeah. Mr. Dirty Dog, I say we do this again sometime. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess, you know, for all of our fans, I just want to let you guys know you guys are truly the main eventers for sticking through, uh, through through the show today. So, you know, until next time, thank you guys for listening.